You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com On today's Boom Tracker, it was National Signing Day this week. Yep, you know it. Um, A much less exciting signing day, but it was signing day nevertheless. Um, Ever since the NCAA, you know, came out with the new rules, and regulations about um, early signing period and how we can early enroll people. It just seems like the holiday that once was known as National Signing Day is dead and over. But I digress. Welcome to Boom Tracker, everybody. I'm your host, Dallas Ham, and today I am by myself. Um, our great co-host, Justin Hostler. He's got some stuff he's got to take care of today, so I'm rowing the boat alone, um, and that's cool. Um, we will be back with you in, in about two weeks for a new episode together, so it's fine, and uh, I'm excited to share with you today uh, what we've got going on in the world of Auburn Tiger recruiting and, and football recruiting, for sure, but um, yeah, as prefaced, signing day was this week. Early signing period has already been taken care of, um, and we've already done our show about that. That was a big very big signing day for Auburn, and uh, here we are at the normal signing period, which used to be a big deal. It used to be a a holiday. I mean, even even when I was in high school, I looked at National Signing Day as a holiday. I'd go to school, really wouldn't do much. I'd stay I'd stay on the computers and and track who Auburn was going to sign and who the big surprises were. But this year, there wasn't really any surprises. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know. It just wasn't fun. I think they've sucked the fun right out of it, and I don't know, it's just a little lame, Um, so I'm kind of upset with the way that it works, but at the same time, I don't know that there's much complaining when you can get these guys on campus and they can, I guess, participate in bowl practice and stuff like that and kind of get accustomed. I guess that's a good positive upside to it, Um, so I was kind of debating on that. What's, What's the upside, and I think that's the upside to it, Um, but obviously with everything, there is a downside, and I think the downside here is just all the surprises taken out of it, and for for the most part, and uh, it's just not as it's not as fun anymore. And uh, it's kind of like getting up and grow, growing old. I mean, things used to be fun, and now we just have to work for a living, and it's just kind of boring. But uh, I digress again. Um, anyway, Auburn had a really good signing class in the early period, as we've talked about previously on this show, and. Um, it kind of carried in, I guess, to this regular signing day. Um, Auburn had some slots to fill. They had about three scholarships left to be taken. And it was the big question of, well, what what's going to happen? Because, you know, we could stand. We could always stand more offensive linemen, that's for sure. But, you know, the defensive side of the ball could stand some defensive linemen as well. 
with the loss of uh, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson to the draft and even Nick Coe now. And so that was kind of out of nowhere, him declaring, but wish him the best in his future. Wish all of our guys the best in their NFL futures. And uh, But I guess it was just like a, a thing of what are we going to feel now with just three slots left? Aaron Sippus is also leaving us to go pro. So we're kind of, we're kind of in the danger zone with the punting situation, which this week Gus came out and said that he's got something up his sleeve for that. So I'm looking forward to hearing what that is. He said he's not ready to tell it right now. So as the Alabama folks say, we'll just trust the process. How about that? Um, but anyway, moving on, um, sign three guys, um, to fill those three scholarship spots. Um, Brandon Frazier, Dre Butler, and Marquise Burks were the three guys that filled the three scholarship slots that Auburn had left to fill. Um, and in doing so, it bumped Auburn up to number seven nationally in the recruiting rankings. Um, Georgia finished in the number one spot. Um, they had a very solid um, year on the recruiting trail this time, and uh, they earned the number one ranking this season. And uh, looking at their looking at their athletes that they signed this go round, it's obvious why they got a really good haul, and uh, they're they're in a blessed position, is all I can say. They got some really good talent, and uh, and I think Auburn did too. I really do, and and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think that uh, Florida finished in one slot below us i think they finished eighth and they had a really good um recruiting cycle as well if you're in the sec guys i mean we know this week in and week out it's just such brutal competition but the recruiting war in our conference is brutal as well and it's just like every team in realistic terms could be really sharp with the way that we are able to recruit um I mean, even Arkansas made a really good push there at the end with new head coach Sam Pittman. They finished 29th, I do believe, in the recruiting composite ranking, and uh, that's that's pretty sharp for them. They did a good job finishing this up and getting the guys that they really thought could contribute to them. Um, yeah, three guys, Brandon Frazier, Dre Butler, Marquise Burks, those are the three that wrap up our class. And uh, let's just start at the at the top. Um Tight ends. I mean, we we talk about this all in this show um, because the past few years we we hadn't known what to do with a tight end, and we haven't utilized them in the passing game. We've we've kind of utilized them as an H back or a blocking tight end. Um, but everybody knows what um, a good tight end can do for a football program in terms of stretching a field and getting downfield and, and making a way for or a hole for a running back. I mean, they're very important. And if you use them right and get a good one, then they're an incredible asset to your program. Um, and of course we picked up Jeremiah Peagues on early signing day. Um, he was somebody that me and Justin had talked about a pretty good bit on this show leading up to that. And we both felt good about him picking Auburn over Ole Miss and Alabama. And he did, um, and and then, you know, we, we ended up losing Kenny Dillingham to Florida State and uh, made a great hire with Chad Morris as our new offensive coordinator um, coming off of being fired at Arkansas. We're super excited about Chad. I know I am and really glad that we have him. And he's going to be able to do some things with this offense, which we'll talk about later, that I really am excited for. Um we have a good tight end already 
on our roster. John Samuel Shanker is a fantastic tight end. Um, he's good at blocking. He's good at catching the football. I have compared him numerous times to Philip Blitz and Kirk in, in the way that he is able to catch the football. He's solid, well-built, good athlete that can catch the football. And that is the comparison that I've always drawn to him. And uh, he's, if he's utilized right and he, if he's utilized at all, he, he's great. Um, but you still got to get some more guys in there for depth and stuff. And, and Peegs was a good pickup. But this Brandon Frazier um, that we picked up on signing day this year, Six foot five, two hundred and thirty-seven pounds from McKinney North High School in McKinney, Texas. Guys, I took one. He 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 was flirting with Arkansas at one time because of Chad Morris. So we got Chad Morris to thank for this pickup. But I was watching this dude's highlight tape, and first off, massive. He's massive. Um, I don't even know if I believe that he's only six five. Like I, I'm in the frame of mind right now that this dude might be six seven, six eight. He's massive. He's a Hulk out there. He He's huge, but he don't move like it. He don't move like it. If he gets out in space and he's out in front of you and he catches the football with those massive hands, then he's about to hot wheel, hot wheel it down the field. I mean, the guy cuts a corner. The guy wheels it around upfield, and, and, and they're chasing him. And that's just, for a guy his size, it's just not typical. I mean, I'm sitting here watching him, and my mind is blown. I'm like, holy moly. Like what? What are? What do we have here? Do we have a gym, or do we have a diamond in the rough here that just at the last second has decided? Well, I still want to play for Coach Morris, and and he's at Auburn. I mean, I, I don't know, but wow, guys! I mean, I'm 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 still reeling over that highlight tape because this guy this guy's gonna be good. And with Chad Morris being our offense coordinator, you bet your bottom dollar he's gonna be used, and that's what excites me, and it excites me that we're gonna get the tight end working in this offense and I and I'm really optimistic about that. Um super excited about Brandon Frazier. Um he's gonna add a great downfield vertical element to this passing game. And the size, I mean the size. He looks like he can manhandle you with just a pinky. I mean it, it, he he's that massive. Um and I'm just impressed with what I've seen from him and I'm excited to have him on campus and getting ready to put in work for this football team. Um then we closed out the day with uh, two defensive linemen, um, Dre Butler being the first defensive tackle out of Independence Community College. He's six foot five, two hundred and seventy-five pounds, um, and then Marquise Burks, six three, three hundred and five pounds out of Iowa Central Community College from Chicago, Illinois. Both of these guys should have about three years left to play, um, which is good. Them coming from a community college, they've got kind of the JUCO experience. They've played at a higher level um, than the high school level, and now they are able to transition to D1, and they've got some eligibility left. It, it kind of stinks sometimes when you get the guys from JUCO that may only have two years left, but it's a fantastic thing when you get guys from JUCO that have three to four years um, left of eligibility. And so, super excited about both of these guys and their ability to, I would say, be able to hang around with us. Because here's the thing, and we've talked about this on this show, depth on the defensive side of the ball is so brutally important. Not only in college football, but I would say it's more important in the Southeastern Conference. And I think that's the best thing, and we'll get to this in a little bit with Kevin Steele. That's the best thing that Kevin Steele is able to do. 
is the depth that we have been able to provide this team on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, those three guys were the guys that we signed for our regular national signing day because we had three slots, scholarships left to give out. Then on top of that, there's always the ideal and the notion of the preferred walk-on. So if you ever get guys who wanted to play at Auburn, that right now we just didn't have a scholarship for them, but they have an opportunity on down the road to earn one, you get the PWO, the preferred walk-on. And uh, we had one this class um, that I am so thankful for. And I, to be honest, when it, when I first saw it, I think in private conversations I wasn't as thrilled. But when I really got to thinking about it, I became kind of, I would say I became a little giddy like a schoolgirl. Because we, we, in terms of quarterback, when we lost Joey Gatewood, we we kind of, I know people had their opinions, but I feel like we kind of lost a pretty big chunk of this team's equation. Um, because when Gatewood left, we're also now losing Will Appleton, who, you know, Will's a great kid and, and was obviously a part of this team, but Will was never going to be a, a starting quarterback at Auburn. Um, that was just the fact of the matter. So you lost Joey, who was the second-string quarterback, and then you lose, a, a, I guess, a fourth-string, you know, fifth-string backup quarterback um, in Will Appleton, who's transferring. And, and don't blame him. He'll, he'll get an opportunity to play somewhere. So what do you do at quarterback when, you, when you've got Bo Nix and you've got Corb Sandberg at, at QB2? Um, obviously, we signed Shale Garnett, um, who... I'm still not 100% sure he's going to be a quarterback. Um, he, he's an athlete, and he is a quarterback, and I think we kind of signed him to to be a quarterback. He's he's Nick Marshall-esque. I mean, he really is um, a, a good athlete and, and uh, all that jive. But I just I think it's yet to be seen if he's going to be a quarterback in our system. And those that know me and have talked to me about this know that I have kind of predicted him swapping positions and maybe becoming something different, taking one for the team like Cody Burns did. And uh, I think that's very admirable, and I think we could see him do that. Um, I don't think it's very far-fetched for that. So Sawyer Pate out of Thompson High School, um, the quarterback there, uh, he was the state championship 7A, largest class in the state of Alabama, 7A state championship, most valuable player. Um, for Thompson High School, and uh, he accepted a preferred walk-on spot here at Auburn, and he's got the ability to try to earn a scholarship within this first year. I think it's huge. Um, not only a good kid, but a a good quarterback, three-star guy, and uh, just wanted to come to Auburn, wanted to make a difference here, and uh, hey, buddy, brother, we got room for you. Um, I think he solidifies what could be a good quarterback room with Bo, Cord, Shahil, if he decides to stay in that role, and then Sawyer. Um, I think that we kind of hit a gold mine there because he's solid. Um, he knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to work hard and put in the effort and make something out of himself. And he knows what it takes to be a champion. And he knows what it takes to excel at what he does. And you just... Sometimes you can't teach some of that stuff. Sometimes you're born with it. Sometimes you do get taught. But Sawyer Pate, guys, I, I'm for him to take a PWO, that he's selfless, first of all, which is a good thing. And uh, 
I'm not saying he's ever going to see the field. And I'm not saying he's going to stick around for the long haul. But right now, where the quarterback room is the way it is, he, I think he rounds it out and solidifies it. And we needed it. And so I'm very pumped about him. And uh, so instead of three guys, you're really getting four. And so that, to me, was the big news of the day. Um, and, and basically the week, um, really and truly. So big time there. I'm super pumped about that. Um, not really recruiting related, but you can dive into stuff about recruiting in depth and stuff from this. But that was, to be honest, it was kind of boring. Again, we go back to that. It was boring signing day. I mean, teams already basically knew what we were doing. I think the, the biggest thing we were waiting around on was Broderick Jones, the five-star offensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, who ended up signing with Georgia. Um, we we wanted him real bad, but we, we didn't end up getting him. He ended up signing with Kirby and the dogs and, uh, you know, wish him the best. Obviously, these young men have dreams and aspirations, and, and they, they want to fulfill them where they want to fulfill them, and there's no hard feelings from me um, on any of these kids. They do what they think is best for them, and, and you got to you got to roll with that. Got to roll with the punches when they tell you they don't want to come um, and they're going to go elsewhere. But um, other than him, there wasn't really any big surprises on signing day on Wednesday. And uh, I just I think other news and other things that that we've been dealing with as a as a football program kind of I guess you would say go along with the notion and topic of recruiting and adding depth and stuff like that and how to how to pieces fit where. Um, and, and how do they fit in certain areas of what we want to do and what in the culture we want to build at Auburn in this football program. But, but you know, yesterday as it's signing day, um, the news broke about losing Booby Whitlow. Um, he He's entered the transfer portal and he's going to go elsewhere. As y'all know, this was Auburn's leading rusher for the past two seasons. I think he had averaged um, about 700 and something yards Um both years. I don't I don't remember. Um but it was something like that. Anyway, he was Auburn's leading rusher past 2 years. Um first off, j- just to address the people and the Auburn fans. Number 1, I am thankful for Booby. I'm thankful for Booby. Not mad at him whatsoever. I'm I'm I want him to do what's best for him and chase his dream, be able to play somewhere where he feels comfortable in the role he's in and where he can contribute. Um, I don't want anything I say during this little segment to be negative toward him because I, I appreciate him. I love him. He is a part of our family forever. Um, Booby has a skill set that will work somewhere. Um, I think, I think Booby Whitlow came to Auburn at a time as a three-star running back who, who didn't have a lot of offers. You know, Tulane was one of them. Um, he came to Auburn at a time where Auburn needed him the most. And there were people that were really, you know, proud about him coming to Auburn and excited, me included. Um, but I think the facts are the facts. And he, I mean, he played quarterback a lot in high school. He was a quarterback for a long time and uh, that could run the football. But when he came to Auburn and he was added to that running back room, he was, to be honest, he was Auburn's best bet at the time. Um, and to be fair, I just believe that during his time at Auburn, and again, I don't, I don't, please don't take this as ugly or, or anything like that. This is not me being ugly. This is just the way that it, that I see it. 
Booby was a very serviceable running back. Um, he wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the most patient. He wasn't the most keen eye to see the best hole he could get through. But he made things work. Um, and he grinded away and he chipped away and he made some things happen. But at, at best, to me, Booby was very serviceable as a tailback at Auburn. And uh, I believe as these two years have passed, Auburn has tried to recruit in terms of the tailbacks to get back to running back you. I I was talking to Justin earlier, and he said something that I really do agree with. At Auburn, if you play 10 games minimum, it's always been pretty easy for an Auburn Tiger running back to, to be in a 1,000-yard rusher. And I, I agree with that. I think if, if you get the right guy, it's easy to rush for a thousand yards at Auburn. Um, and I know the offensive line the past two years has been kind of iffy and up and down. I, I get that. I understand. But I think he's absolutely right still. Um, and so the past two years as we've been recruiting these guys, I mean, you know, we're looking at Sean Shivers and DJ Williams, and those guys run incredibly well. And I'm just going to be honest with you, to me, those two guys are ahead of Booby in terms of production and, and what they can do on the ground. I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I think DJ Williams is the best running back on our football team. I thought that this past year. Um, I still think that. I think Sean Shivers has the ability to be, but I still think DJ is. But I think Sean Shivers has the most grit and, and the most toughness. And together... They're not super huge backs, but they make a good team and they make a good tandem. But then you got Tank Bigsby. And listen, I'm going to say this. I wanted to say it on Twitter yesterday, but I kept my mouth shut. All you people out there talking about, um, oh, well, he lost his five-star because of where he's, cause he, he signed with Auburn. Chill. You want to know what? He's still a five-star. He's still a five-star to me, and I'm going to call him a five-star. Tank Bigsby, you are a five-star running back. You got that fifth star. There ain't no way they're going to take that away from you. And if they did... And, and apparently they did. They're crazy, and, and it's stupid to do that. You're a five-star. So we got a five-star running back, Tank Bigsby. I think he's going to be the guy next year. Um, I think he's going to have the chance to contribute early and often. I think he's going to be really good for this program. He's Cadillac's guy. I, I believe that. So I think we're going to see a lot of Tank, and uh, and I think we'll see a lot of DJ. I think we'll see a lot of uh, Sean Shivers, and I think it's going to be fine. I think we're going to be fine. And then and then add on to that, I think we'll see a pretty good bit of Mark Anthony Richards as well. He 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 could be a good scat back for Auburn. We're, we'll be fine. And and I think it this is going to be okay. And I think we're going to be in a good position next year to have a good running back room with a lot of with a lot of charisma and a lot of team oriented time between those running backs. I think we're going to they'll mature and they'll grow and they'll be in in tune with each other and then on top of that they got a great coach coach Cadillac Williams and so I think that's going to be good and I think our depth chart at at tailback is going to be really good and we're going to get back to running back you shortly I believe that um talked a little bit about earlier touch on it the Chad Morris impact recruiting wise and on the field um it's already helped recruiting wise with Brendan Fraser uh Brandon Fraser the the tight end we spoke about earlier. Um he is Chad Morris is one of the best offensive minds in college football. I'm not just saying that because Auburn hired him. I'm saying it because it's true. The things he did at Clemson, 
with Taj Boyd and that offense. He's been fantastic, and he's he's been a good example everywhere he's been. Um, it didn't work at Arkansas, and I'll tell you why it didn't work at Arkansas. And you could you could argue with me till you're blue in the face. That was a bad situation in Arkansas, and it hadn't just been a bad situation. It had been brewing for a long time with Petrino and Smith. I mean, the whole thing was brewing. Bielema didn't do a good job there either. The best thing Bielema ever did for that program was a good offensive line. And so I just think it was a bad situation for Chad. And uh, people have their opinions, and that's fine. But Chad's going to do some good things at Auburn. I really do believe that. And I believe also, I do believe Gus when he says he's going to turn over the play calling. Because I think Gus knows what he's got in front of him. Um, and I think he he's able to trust Chad. I really believe that. So what's the impact, and what's the impact for 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 Chad recruiting and 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 for helping this offense? Well, again, I think we're going to see the field stretched. I think we're going to see a lot more passing this coming season than we saw last year, and I think we're going to see Bo Nix mature into a really solid quarterback, and not only just Bo but Cord and Sawyer and Shail. I think I think they're all going to get better under Coach Chad Morris, and I think we're going to have, to be honest. We're going to see the throws this year from Bo Nix that we wish we could have saw this past year. And I think it's going to be attributed to the time that Chad is going to spend with Bo. I think it's going to be attributed to some of the talent that we're bringing in. And I think we'll have, I think we'll have a better offensive line. I do. And I think Jack Bicknell is going to do a good job getting these offensive linemen ready to work and protecting Bo Nix and, and opening up holes for the running game. But I think we're going to pass the ball a lot more, and I think we're going to be able to stretch the field. I do believe that, and I also think, again, I go back to what I just said, I think Bo is going to throw the ball a lot better than he did last season. And I think some of those frustrating throws that he overthrew or that he threw to the wrong side or threw behind somebody, I I think we will see those things cleaned up. I may be wrong tenfold, but just, again, it's my opinion. It's my opinion. And so I just feel that that's what we're going to see, and I think that's the impact Chad has on this team right now and uh i think we'll see the fruit come out of that um and i'm excited about it um and i think you will see the tight end used to open up the field i think you'll see him use the tight end for multiple looks and i'm excited about that i'm ready to get back to throwing that tight end because you know philip let kirkin was a beast robert johnson used to be a beast back in the early 2000s um remember watching him catch touchdown passes and the 2 iron bowl that was incredible i mean he was so he was so good man a good tight end is always a good thing so i'm excited to see that um and to wrap up the show the impact of kevin Steele's new contract um signing a new contract for the next three years makes him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country now that dave aranda has gone to baylor as their head coach and heck what they give him 2.5 mil he deserves more than that. He deserves like head coach pay, like four million a year. Shoot, um, cause he's so darn good and he's so darn awesome. Um, run through a brick wall for that guy. But what does the contract mean? What's the impact on recruiting? Well, I'll tell you what the impact is on recruiting. We saw it this cycle. He's got two great recruiters already recruiting defensive players, and that's Rodney Garner and Coach Crime Dog Wesley McGriff. Those guys do their thing. Obviously, Ronnie Garner is a heck of a recruiter because, I mean, Jay Hardy, he ended up signing with us, snubbed Tennessee, 
he was a big one. I mean, Zykevious Walker, as we talked about on this show, he was huge. I, I jumped for joy when I found out he committed to Auburn over Georgia. That was huge. It's huge. And so these guys, they, they work tirelessly to bring in these recruits and show them, show them what we're about and, and try to get them to come here. And, and when they do, that's the impact is these four or five-star guys that are so darn good that are huge. These guys form relationships with them. And they're they're working on behalf of Coach Steele, and Coach Steele's recruiting too. But those guys are the ones that are really, to be honest, and I think he would tell you this. I think Coach Steele would tell you those are the guys that are making him his money, um, because they're going out there and they're bringing it home, and they're on the road and they're doing their thing and they're getting them. And that was evident with this this anticlimactic signing day, where two of the three that we signed was a direct impact from Kevin Steele. And the other one was a direct impact from Coach Chad Morris. But the the two on the defensive side of the ball were the two defensive linemen, the the tackles and the ends. And I mean, again, we're losing Marlon Davidson. We're losing Derek Brown. We're losing Nick Coe. You got guys like Tyrone Truesdale coming back. They're going to be an anchor and a, and a force on this defensive line. But the depth, you got to replenish the depth. And if I can say anything about Coach Kevin Steele over the past several, several years that he has been at Auburn coaching is that the depth has not been an issue, especially on the offensive line. I mean, on the defensive line, my bad. But, I mean, it's just one after the other. You sub them in, you sub them in, you sub this one in for this one, and you sub that one in for that one, and you give them a break, and you get, I mean, and with the way Auburn's played offensively the past few years, that has not been a bad thing at all. I mean, as much as the defense has had to be on the field, Auburn needed the depth because guys – I mean, big boys like Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson, they're going to get tired. They're going to they gonna need a break. They're going to need some Gatorade or water. Or they're going to need a rest. They're going to need a breather. You can't do that if you don't recruit, and you can't do that if you don't get out there and get the guys that, that are going to provide depth. So that's the impact, the depth. The depth is the biggest impact. Um, and I am so thankful for the staff. I'm thankful for the depth. I'm thankful for the work that Coach Malzahn and the staff put in each year. Um, and I'm hoping this year, here in February, at the beginning of February, I'm making the statement now, I really hope this year turns out to be a fantastic year for this football program. Our schedule bodes well for us if we put all the pieces together. I know this staff and these players are going to work super hard this off season to bond and to form relationships with everybody that are in sync. Now it's time to put the pieces together and execute and turn this next season into a good one because the schedule is more favorable this upcoming season for Auburn than it has been in a long time. And there's a lot of good that can come out of this if we play our cards right. Um, but again, thank you to our coaches, our, our players for working so hard. And I hope that we can put it all together this go round. Um, and I just want to thank our coaches one last time for getting out there and working so hard to put a good product out there for us each week. Um, when you could be at home with your family, and I, I know you get paid a lot of money, but you, you do so much in terms of being on the road. And as somebody who loves Auburn University and loves Auburn football, but but loves Auburn athletics in general, and this university, I just want to say thank you. Um, we will be coming back within the next two weeks. We took a long hiatus because things had slowed down. The recruiting cycle, like I said, once you get past, you know, early signing period, things slow down and things get boring. So there's really nothing to talk about, but 
you'll hear from us within the next two weeks. Um, Justin and I will be back together, you know, tracking the booms as we always do. And so look for baseball news, look for basketball news. Basketball's in the middle of a good period right now. Um, hot on the recruiting trail as well. Still waiting to hear about Greg Brown. Still waiting to hear about Jalen Green. So now it's not Sharif Cooper watch, it's Jalen Green watch. Justin and I are about to have to take turns again, staying up all night, rotation, to see what Jalen's going to do. But in the meantime, just stay tuned, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you to the E2C Network for giving us a voice. Um, We love doing what we do, and most importantly, we love Auburn. We love Auburn, and we believe in Auburn, and we love it. War Eagle, guys. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?